0: Can you just feel the gratitude from that song? Is it always that way though? I mean, I I will say most of the time, I think I live from a place of gratitude. Most of the time, I think that it's in my heart to look out at my world and say, yeah, things are going pretty well and I appreciate it. But not always. Are you with me there? Are those there? Are those times when things come up that just can't be ignored. Those issues in life. Those uh, people and places that uh, there. Perhaps another way of looking at it is sometimes life is difficult to be grateful for. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The the odd happening. The odd person out that just doesn't seem to fit into our own world, where we perceive that graciousness looks a certain way. When we perceive that love or, or peace should show up a certain way. Some Sometimes it's just hard. What prevents us truly from being grateful for everything? I want to do a little bit of an exploration of this today. Uh, I, I did some uh, sort of brainstorming uh, in my own head, which sometimes is fun, sometimes is dangerous. Uh, uh, this time around, it, it came up with some ideas in my own heart of why we're not grateful and maybe what we can do about it. First off... Um, A joke, I think, because this illustrates, I think, one of the reasons why very often we're not grateful. So a grandmother is watching her grandchild playing on the beach. A huge wave comes in, literally sweeps the child out to sea, gone without a trace. Well now, forgetting her science of mind training for a moment, she gets on her knees and pleads, God, save my only grandchild. Please, I beg of you, bring him back. Well... In a moment of Old Testament glory, another giant wave brings the child back. It's like he's riding on a surfboard, presented right down in front of Grandma, not a hair out of place, not even damp clothes. She looks down at the boy. She looks up at heaven. She looks down at the boy. She looks up. She says, you know, God, he was wearing a hat when you took him. (laughs) Do you know people like that? There, I swear to gosh, there are people that you could serve life up to them on a silver platter, and they would notice that the platter needed to be cleaned better. Do you know what I mean? And I have to admit, now and then, I'm that person. I don't like to think of myself that way, but I have to admit, now and then, what is it that sticks out in my life? the part that sticks out is the part that I don't like, right? And so every now and then I find myself, a a friend of mine calls it a pity party. (laughs) Have you ever been to a pity party that you threw? It's not a a very pleasant thing, is it? It's it's when even though 99% of your life is just fine, you find that one rotten thing you know sometimes it's the boss sometimes it's a it's a interaction that you had with a loved one sometimes it's a neighbor It, it doesn't matter what it is you find that one gnarly little thing and it's like you put all of your attention on it and you're just pissy about it does that serve anything I don't think that it does. We spend time there. We kind of waller in it a minute. And, and every now and then when I find that I've had a good bath in pity, I'll just wake up and go, whoa, I'm glad that's over with. But why does it take so long sometimes to really wake up and see what we're doing? Why do we tend to live there? I tell you, I think there's an antidote for it. When you see it happening in your own life, realize that you're focusing on that 1%, the 1% of things that aren't going well. And I think as soon as you realize that, as soon as you realize that it's you're spending all of your time on the one thing, do you know what you're giving? You're, you're giving all of your immense power of, of creative force, you're giving it over to that one darn thing that just sucks. Well, I'm here to tell you, the knowledge of that is powerful. Just knowing that that's what you're doing, I think is enough that you can redirect that energy to the 99% of your life that's actually doing pretty darn good. You can recognize that there is a safe place to live. You can recognize that, yeah, there's, there's food on the table and a group of people that, that care about you. You can start focusing on the things that are absolutely doing well. In my brainstorming, I came up with another reason sometimes that people aren't grateful. And this one, I think, was really epitomized by my mom. My mom was a, one of those kind of true Oregonian spirits, a native Oregonian, as am I. And she always prided herself on being able to do everything for herself. Do you know people like that that, that that really you know put themselves through school and uh, worked hard to raise a family? Uh, she not only she not only you know was the kind of typical 50s housewife in terms of doing all the work, she had a job too. She went out to work as well. You know one of those lives really of service and, and, and doing everything uh, for herself and for the family. Well, this was great until about age 75. And suddenly, after a life of giving and a life of being that person that could do it all herself, she found herself in assisted living. Oh, I pity the attendants that were working with her. (laughs) After a lifetime of doing for herself, she did not take kindly to strangers trying to do for her. And she was very ungrateful. Of all of the care that was afforded her. This was really tough. This was a really tough go for her. And about the only way that I tried to crack this nut. And i got to tell you, I was only partially successful here. The only thing I could say that made some sense to her was, Mom, in order for there to be givers in life, there also have to be receivers. It is our great honor to be in this world where we all cooperate, where we're neither dependents nor independent, but interdependent. You know, there was a time when you gave and you gave and you gave and you gave, and it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly right, in the fact, that this is a time that you'll be receiving more than giving. And it is from our hearts that we can recognize that, that this is a, a a grander scheme than more than what happens in one moment or, or more than what happens in one decade. We, we need to take that long view of giving and receiving for all time. And of course she looked at me and probably went, oh you foolish young thing. <laughs> but I did notice after that, I did notice after that that there was a more of a willingness for her to accept the gift that was being given from other people. That resistance, at least, was down. Something about that made some sense. And so, so I think that's also the antidote for this particular thing that can keep us for, for really understanding gratitude in our lives. And that's just to know that our good is going to come from a variety of places in life. Not just from the work of our own hands or our own thoughts. Our good is going to come from the people that we love. Our good is going to come from even strangers that that may see us, for whatever reason, as an object of charity. So what? Life is full. In order for good people to give, equally good people have to be there to graciously receive. Alright, a third thing that I think will prevent us sometimes from really recognizing our good is simply that idea of victimhood, and here's, here's another one that sometimes you'll run across someone who really feels that they are at the receiving end of the universe and it isn't a good thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that really, oh, it's like they're playing their violin, the whole time. Well, I got to tell you, if you're playing your violin, you can't be grateful, right? Because you're actively affirming that life is doing to you bad things. And if you are in the active position of saying life is tough, life is hard, I'm never going to get through this. You know, I'm I'm old and I'm tired and I can't deal with it. If if the entire world looks like it's raining down misery on you, and that's what's. In, I know <laughs> this is really. I don't usually get this much of a pity party going, but I can kind of feel even the momentum of it, do you know what I mean? And if you are feeling the victim, you're never going to be grateful, because in your estimation, there will never be anything to be grateful for. So the first step, the first bit of antidote to this one, it's taking ownership for everything. Now think about what I just said. If I said the world is raining down misery on me, How do I take ownership for that? Well, in the science of mind, we believe that literally we're recreating or or, or creating our lives as we go. And so the full ownership of that is, yeah, even the rotten stuff that's coming into my life, I have a participation in that. It is through my own acceptance, through my own thoughts, through my own fears, through glamorizing in my own head some of the rottenness that's going on, that I'm actually tending to draw more of it in. And so when we take ownership for it, when I say, yeah, look at the mess I caused. (laughs) At least, right? At least we're exercising our own creative force. We're at least saying, yeah, there's a hell of a mess here, and I helped make it. And there's a power in that because you can use that same power in your own lives to achieve different results when you recognize that it's through your own thoughts, through it is your own abilities, through it is your own choices, that the world got to be for you just the way you have it right now, then you can go, Oh my God, I can make different choices. I can plan different thoughts. I can keep my heart open. I can ignore some of the rotten stuff that's going on and play up the good stuff in my life. When you can make that shift... Then, my friends, there are a lot of things to be grateful for. But it's shifting out of that victimness and into a place of creative power with God. The, you know, sometimes people ask me to summarize what science of mind is all about. And, you know, one of the easiest summaries is to simply say that I believe we are here in partnership with God to create this world that we're living in and the degree of positive energy, of positive thought, of of beliefs, of good and love and sweetness, the degree to which I can focus on that, then God partners with me to produce that. If, on the other hand, I do the pity party, if, on the other hand, I'm creating the world around this idea of me being a victim, the bad news is that God is right there with me saying, well, I can help you with that too. So let us get rid of the the idea of victimhood. Let us say, even if we've made a mess of our lives, I made it. I cooperated. I called forth the, the, the one true power of all things, God itself. And together, look at this outrageous mess. And starting today, I'm going to make different choices. I'm going to have different thoughts. I'm going to focus on different things. I'm going to be the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing for me, right? Just for me. It's okay. And the world is going to shift for the better because I have shifted for the better. Things are going to start getting rosier because I'm getting rosier. The, the life and the love of, of, of all humanity is improving because this human is improving. Um, one more thing actually a couple more things one minor thing that stands in the way and we talked about this just a little bit last week and that is we tend to take things for granted have you heard that phrase before that someone is taking something for granted it kind of it in me it brings up that shame on you feeling Are are you with me there? When someone says, are you taking life for granted? Are you taking the good things in your life for granted? For some reason in me, it has that feeling of, well, you know, shame on me, or I should have been doing something different. I should choose to look at this a little differently, because I don't think any of us on purpose would ever take the people that we love and the things that are solid in our lives for granted. I think the real answer is we just kind of forget I don't think this is an act of willfulness that the people that, are, uh, that we depend on, the people that are the most solid in our life, the people that show up and suit up to be with us all the time and to provide us the, the good and the, the love and the light in our life, I don't think we actively take them for granted. I think, in some ways... It's because they're showing up all the time. It's because they're just as close as our own heart. It's because they so consistently bring the light, bring the love, bring the joy to our lives that it's kind of like a a given, a, a comfortable state of just being with it. But aren't these the very people? Aren't these the the very activities? Aren't these the light and the love that actually, when you think about it, we would want to appreciate the very most? I think so. And today for me is a wake-up call around really paying attention to what's going on in our own lives. Are you really aware right now Of the people that matter the most to you? Of the situations that that bring you the most happiness? Are you aware of your favorite pair of pajamas? Are you uh, aware of uh, your favorite music? Do you know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. The things we totally tend to just overlook... Are you aware of really the favorite music that you have and the, the voice of, uh, of maybe one of your favorite teachers when you were in uh, grade school? Do you remember what she sounds like? Let us, with each passing day, bring about a greater awareness of of the love and the light and the things that are important to us and were important to us. Let us not think about the things that have gone wrong, but so many, many, many things that have gone so right in our lives. Okay, i got one more gotcha. And I'll I'll play this one out just the way it played out to me. So uh, as you know, we do podcasting here. And and I do get uh, emails and letters now and again from people in different places all across the U.S. that have listened into our podcast. And and thank you all for supporting us in that as well because it's a way that we can reach out beyond our own neighborhood here. Well, I got an email from someone about a week ago and just said, you know, I love your podcast. Thanks so much. If I ever get out to the West Coast, I'll stop in and, and say hi. And so I was just being friends and chatting back and uh, we we sent back and forth just a couple short emails and the last one he sent was oh, you know, the power just went out here and I think I better conserve the battery on my cell phone because he was... You know, um, sending the message from his cell phone, and suddenly I realized, well, Larry, you dummy! He's on the East Coast; they're having a hurricane. Here I'm, here I'm chatting like, uh, you know, like nothing. Like you know, he was sitting across the cafe table, and I, so, so quickly, you know, I had the presence of mind, and and I and he ended up getting the message, which was good. I said, oh, of course, you know, bless you, you know, and I, and I'm doing a prayer for for you and and really the whole East Coast, you know, God God bless everyone there and keep everyone safe. And, uh, and so what was interesting, so I, I didn't hear from him for a couple days, makes total sense. He wrote me back, and I was totally amazed. This, this uh, man and his family had several things happen that were pretty scary. First of all, part of their roof was torn off. They, their neighbor has a large natural gas tank that ruptured. They, of course, were without electricity, Also, uh, part of what he does for a living is they run a kennel, and so they had a whole set of dogs that they were trying to take care of, separated from their owners. It was like a lot of stuff was really going wrong in this fellow's life and his family's life. Let me read to you his letter. He said, Thanks for asking. To keep on track, I use the what-if method. What if the power comes back on? What if this ends up not being really so bad? What if the winds die down? What if we have some fun? What if we make the best out of it? What if the fireman easily takes care of the propane leak? What if we are alive, well, and happy now and always? Do you see where he was going? Now, some people would have used this as the perfect pity party. Some people would have focused in, and if they were doing what-if scenarios, believe me, the what-if scenarios would be, what if the gas tank explodes? What if the dogs all die? Do you know what I mean? What if more of the roof comes out? What if, uh, what if things get worse? This man and his family really have a gift because they zeroed right in on what was important. And any what ifing was about, what if things turn out just fine? And so they, they sat around and played board games. They, uh, they took care of the animals. They, uh, do you know what I mean? They, they focused in on what they had, which was with each other and with life. No catastrophes in the midst of what people would call a catastrophe, no uh, no harm and no foul as they say even when life may have looked its most harmful and most foul this we can do for ourselves every day. It doesn't take a storm. You know, when you read about things going on on the East Coast, it really was extraordinary. People who had never met their neighbors suddenly were sharing supplies and water. There was, uh, uh, in Mario's neighborhood, there was one person that had a generator, so they were allowing people to charge their cell phones that didn't have power. I mean, there's something about even a disaster that will bring people together not that I'm saying a disaster is a good thing, but awareness is a good thing. Let us be aware of the good that's in our lives right now. Let's not wait until we have to have another Columbus Day storm, for those of you, you know, in your 50s and older, so might remember that, right here in, in the Portland area. Let us not wait for, uh, for famine and pestilence, as the, as the Old Testament would say we can use this opportunity right now to really look at what's on, going on in our lives in a positive way. What's important? Uh, is it the stuff that you own? Is it the people around you? Is it the stuff that's going wrong? Or is it the stuff that is so fundamentally right and good and beautiful in your lives right now? So I'd like to close today with a a quote and a prayer. The quote is from uh, Ernest Holmes, um, the founder of Science of Mind, uh, said this in his book, A Reader for All Seasons. He said, The attitudes of praise and thanksgiving are salutary. They not only lighten the consciousness, lifting it out of sadness or depression, they also elevate consciousness to a point of acceptance of more good. Praise and thanksgivings are affirmations of the divine presence, the divine abundance, and the divine givingness of God itself. And it is only when we live affirmatively that we are happy. It is only when we recognize that the universe is built on an affirmation of good that happiness dawns in our own lives. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. There is only this thing called God in all of God's glory. It is infinite in its array, uh, uh, an infinity of stars in the night sky, and an infinity of love and light for all people. It is all present, and I accept it in my own heart right now. I know that I am just uh, intrinsically part of God's goodness, part of God's love part of what I am meant to be by being just a blessing in this world for myself and others. And as it is true for me, I know that each person in this room is a blessing. Each person here gives of love and light and joy and, and all good things freely. I know that each person here is also willing to receive as, will, as well as give, that each person here accepts the the sweetness and the love and the light of the infinite in the form of everyday people and events in the form of the extraordinary in all forms and that each person here in their heart has gratitude. And so I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for just the the presence of God showing up as the face of each person in this room, each person on this planet. I let it be and together we say and so it is. Thank you for being here today. (laughs) Thank you so much.